This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. of the reality is as always it's newer and i am writing solo today and catching up on all things housewives and also summer house um i know it's been a minute since um i talked housewives has it been a minute I, i'll be honest i don't remember but i did feel like i had to catch up on a lot of housewives i know potomac was out last week and then now we just came back this week and i know the potomac's been a struggle for everybody so you know I'm here in solidarity for you as you are suffering through the worst season of Real Housewives of Potomac ever. Um, I am going to talk about Beverly Hills. Uh, we had an episode last week that was kind of whatever. And then obviously the big finale that we were all waiting for that, spoiler alert, didn't really tell us anything new. Um, and then um, and then uh, Real Housewives of Miami, which I think hands down was the best season of housewives that we've had, um, in a really long time. Like I know everybody loved Salt Lake city because of the, just like how good it was and how silly it was and the big reveal with reality Von Tees and all of that. But the chaos in Miami, I keep saying is a return to forum level of housewives chaos. It's, 
it's mostly inconsequential. There's a lot going on. There's so many people on the cast and things are just really fun and interesting. And like you love them and you hate them and all this kind of stuff. So we'll talk about Miami. And then obviously Summer House came back and Summer House is a favorite of mine. And just a little programming. Summer House is now back on Thursdays. And I think Vanderpump Rules is on on Tuesdays. Guys, <laughs> I wish that Bravo would just like just keep similar shows on the same night. I don't know. I don't know. But Summer House is back on on uh, Thursday nights. And then I don't know when I think they're going to put Martha's Vineyard on Sundays because that's when they put all of the black programming on <laughs> Bravo. They're like, all right, you got Atlanta, Potomac, Married to Medicine, Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, you all go on uh, on Sunday night, which is whatever. I guess it's a programming choice. I don't know what the thought behind that is. But regardless, I think that's going to come back soon, too, because Married to Medicine is wrapping up. I'm just like trying to to under I'm trying to decide what I want to catch up on, what I want to recap. Obviously, Traders is top dog right now. It's my favorite thing to watch on TV. I look forward to Traders every Thursday. I am dabbling back into Love is Blind. If you didn't listen, there is an episode I just did with Kendrick um, on the first two sort of big dumps that Love is Blind did. So I, I, you know what, as I sort of rack my brain through all this, message me and tell me what you think that I should be recapping and what you care about my opinion on. Cause like a lot of these shows, I don't think that they necessarily require an opinion. I'll be honest with you, Potomac, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening on Potomac that requires a full recap, in my opinion. I would love for Arthi to come back and talk to me about all of the Sunday night programming. She's just been busy. So I do eventually want to have her on and just talk about sort of general Married to Medicine, Potomac, what's going on, because those are two of our favorite shows. And I think we both have been very checked out of it. So let me know what you guys care for my opinions on, and I would love to share them. Also, if you've noticed, um, there is there are video uh, episodes now. Uh, today's is not a video episode because it's just me in my pajamas recording alone. Nobody needs to see that. Um, but I do have videos now. Um, and we are currently only hosting those videos. I think they're on Spotify and you have to join a subscription to view the videos and eventually it'll be on YouTube, but I'm not going to lie to you. YouTube is not as easy to use as the 12 year old influencers make it look like, um, apparently I am a full, full on dinosaur and I don't know how to upload YouTube stuff. It's been a whole thing. So anyway, if you are interested in video episodes, um, up on Spotify, um, and, uh, and I think some other platforms, to be honest, again, I don't know because, um, I'm not a Spotify person. It's certainly not on Apple podcasts, but they'll be up somewhere at some point. Um, and, uh, if you have a preference, let me know about that as well. Um, what else is going on? Oh, um, real quick. I was at my hair salon and my hairdresser told me about, there's this person named the slut whisperer. And I don't know who this person is, but apparently they have beef with Drake and they may have been the ones to leak that video of Drake playing with his, I'll say it, flaccid penis. Um, well, it turns out I was like, who's the slut whisperer? And then I Googled them. I went to high school with the slut whisperer. They're from Roxbury, New Jersey. 
So I don't know if you know who the slut whisperer is, but if the slut whisperer has given you the indication that they're like a fabulous person, um, maybe they are now. I don't know. I don't know what they've been doing with their lives. But if they've given you that indication, they're not like just from based on like what it's like to grow up in Rock Spring, New Jersey. It's um, it's not fabulous. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Potomac. Let's just start from the beginning of the week and go down to the end of the week. All right, Potomac. Um, they went on a vacation to Casa de Campo in Dominican Republic. Robin put it together as she extended this invite to every single person on the cast. I before they go on vacation, there's just a ton of one-off scenes, like Candace with Chris talking about um you know, her, her, um, I think she has like fibroids in her breast and also her fertility journey. And then you have like Karen, I don't know what Karen is, Giselle's daughter graduating high school. Like I, I, that's, that's one thing I noticed, which was, it made me sad, right? Like, yes, Giselle does not need to invite the rest of the cast to her daughter's graduation, but I was very surprised that like even Ashley and Robin weren't there. Like it was just, strange to me but also I get it like maybe she just wants to keep that part of her life completely private but I think like in the Kyle Richards school of open and honest what Giselle claims that she belongs to but we know she doesn't because she is all about putting up a tv show I just found it very interesting that it was like we barely got to see any of that I mean we've gone to freaking Atlanta to look at the you know, chain restaurant that her ex-husband Jamal bought the girls. So I was just very surprised that like, I don't know, there's just a lot of like, it felt to me like Giselle was like, hey, I know you hate me, but just remember that I have daughters who are actual angels. And um, this is why you should kind of not hate me as much as you do. I don't know. It just felt weird to me. It made me sad that all these scenes were just like separated. They're just like one off recording. Like they're not together. There's no group interaction. It just, it was just weird. It made me sad. And it made me feel like what the hell is going on? Before they went on vacation, you had Wendy and NECA meet up and try to squash whatever their beef is. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm so back and forth about it because I have personal feelings about new people coming on the show. And I also have personal feelings about like Wendy. And like, I've always said this, I think Wendy is fantastic. I think that she could be a great housewife, but Wendy dumps herself down in a way that she does not need to. Um, Wendy demands to be taken seriously, but then also will choose to dumb herself down in situations and then like oscillate between I'm really smart and I'm actually just like a dumb little girl who like doesn't understand how like businesses work. And I don't like that. Um, I think I think that this meeting with NECA was well intended with NECA with just to be like, hey, I'm now officially part of the show and I don't want to keep beefing with you. So like, let's move on. And I think Wendy's thing is that Wendy takes her life very seriously. She takes her family very seriously. I actually had somebody recently reach out to me and say that like, I should try to have more compassion for Wendy's defense of her mother. And I just want to say to that, I absolutely understand Wendy's defense of her mother. I also believe that Wendy's mom did batshit crazy stuff. Wendy's mom seems like the kind of lady that does pick up the phone and say things and then go, I don't remember if I said that. 
why do I know this? Because she reminds me of my parents, right? I see so much of my parents in Wendy's mother. And so the issue here is that Wendy comes from a culture, which I very much understand because I think I come from a similar culture, which is when your parents do dumb shit, you never dog them out. If your parents act up in public, it is not your responsibility to correct them. You do that behind closed doors and you do it gently and you always maintain a level of respect where you don't make your parents look stupid, even if your parents do stupid stuff. And that culturally is so deeply ingrained. So I see where Wendy is coming from, especially with NECA to be like, we come from the same culture. How are you going to come on television and drag my mother? Like, you are dragging dragging your somebody's mother is the same thing as dragging somebody's children, culturally speaking, right? Like when you come from, I, of course, I'm not Nigerian, but if it's anything like South Asian culture, I understand that, right? I understand that that like code that you have, right? It's it's why I think sometimes on Family Karma, things went so off the rails with the aunties because. Um, you know, somebody like Vishal's mom was not willing to be open and real because she's so set by the like, you don't disrespect certain people in in your social circles um, or in the social hierarchy. And I think that that's why Wendy is so offended by NECA bringing that up. Like, I think Wendy thought, culturally speaking, Wendy thought if my mom does some bad shit, crazy stuff, NECA would never bring that up on camera because that's just like a spoken, it's unspoken understanding that you don't bring up stuff like that on camera because that's our parents. Our parents are doing stuff so you protect your family. And I think because NECA didn't do that for Wendy, Wendy was like, I'm not fucking with this person. Absolutely not. Of course, NECA was wrong in calling Wendy a bitch, coming in so hot against Wendy. And Wendy is wrong for... um completely dismissing what NECA is saying. Of course, I also believe that NECA is wrong because she had no direct interaction with the person. And Wendy's absolutely right to say what NECA is accusing Wendy's mom of is hearsay. And what Wendy's mom is, and what NECA is, uh, what Wendy said about NECA was straight up to her face. And so it's like, we're fighting about somebody says something about somebody versus you said X, Y, and Z to me. And so I I understand that fight and I understand Wendy not wanting to fuck with that because I totally get it. But Wendy is not dedicated to creating a good show. Wendy is dedicated to gatekeeping her space on the show. Wendy is dedicated to like gatekeeping in a way that doesn't feel like hazing in a sorority, but more exclusive and like... uh. I don't want to say like, yeah, just like exclusive in a way that's just like not welcoming. And Wendy has too much to lose to be on a show this silly, I think. Wendy's got way too much to lose to be on a show this silly. I think that she's awesome. I think she's so smart. I feel like Wendy would be a fucking badass person to have brunch with. Like, I would love to hear what she has to say about the show, about what it's like to be a woman in the industry that she works in. And the fact that she's gone on Fox News and fought with fucking conservatives and stuff. Like, I think that Wendy is so awesome that way. But I think on a show like Rahal Says the Potomac, which is at the end of the day, a show where one of the most iconic moments was Giselle and Karen fighting while a mime was behind them. That is not a television show that Wendy is made for. And I think Wendy thinks that she's made for it or tries to make, tries to be a part of it when she does like, 
you know, over the top, like plays dumb and stuff. But I think that ultimately that's not the show that we're, we're making here. I think that everybody doesn't know what the assignment is. I think that Real Houses of Potomac has two camps. You've got people who don't take shit seriously and are interested in making sure that the show continues, which is Robin, Karen, sorry, not Robin, Giselle, Karen, and Ashley. They're like, drag me, hashtag drag me Monique, but like also it's not that serious. And then you have Candace and Wendy who have shit to lose, who are serious and who have are too serious for a show like this. Mia is also part of the unserious. Mia is a deeply unserious person. Mia is part of the unserious group. And then you have Robin in the middle of it, right? Robin is somebody who wants to function and is highly influenced by the people who don't take it seriously, like the Karens and the Ashleys and the Giselles. Not Karen, but definitely Ashley and Giselle. But she has a deeply serious issue that she's dealing with, which is her husband and fidelity and money issues and all those things. And I think that she wishes that she could function like a person who doesn't care, who's joking around, who's interested in making a television show. But in at her core, she is somebody like Wendy and Robin. I mean, sorry, Wendy and Candace. And that's why I think that Wendy and Candace get so emotional when they talk to Robin, or they used to at least. At least Wendy did. That's why Candace gets so emotional because she knows that Robin cares. She knows that Robin has a lot to lose. But Robin is influenced by people who are moving in the world like they have nothing to lose now also on that in that thought process you have somebody like Giselle who acts like she's got you know everything is a joke lol ha 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 he 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 we're all just joking around we're making a television show but she's interacting with people who have too much to lose like Candace so when Candace comes back at somebody like Giselle and fights with the standard that she has for herself it's like, well, Candace, you're talking about somebody's uterus and you're talking about race and you're talking about all these things that are deeply serious matters and you're fighting with a person who's not taking it very seriously. And if you understand that these are deeply serious matters, then why are you bringing it up? I think like at the core, you have these people on Potomac that are taking things in a very different way and that's why the show is becoming unfunny to watch. I literally rambled about this now for like over 15 minutes and I'm really sorry. I did not think that I had this much to say about Potomac, but here the fuck we are. Now this vacation, I think it's interesting because Robin straight up is like, I'm not interested in bonding with any of you. I'm just interested in getting fucked up and partying. And to that, I say cheers. In the words of Mary Cosby, cheers to that. Because I think that's okay. Um, but again, you get into a situation where they crown NECA as the new grand dame of Potomac and Candace is not laughing and Karen is a little bit offended, but it's like, I think we need to figure out like how to, how to have fun with each other because this, this isn't, this is not fun. This is not fun. Um, Casa de Campo is a place where I actually want to have my 40th birthday party. So... Um, this episode is not sponsored by the great people of Dominican Republic, but if anybody is in touch with the tourism board and wants to sponsor my birthday in the Dominican Republic in two years, I'd be very grateful for that. Um, Karen cracks me up because this whole room thing is hilarious. She doesn't want to share a room. Fine. So Ashley says, I'll give you my room. And she says, no, I want a view. And she fights and fights and fights only for at the end, Ashley to say, 
you can have my room. And Karen says, oh, really, Ashley? Thank you. I was like, what? (laughs) This is why Karen is fun to watch because she doesn't make any sense. And that's what we want. We want a show that's nonsensical. It's like deep and heartwarming, but also nonsensical, which is what actually Real Housewives of Miami is. And that's, oh God, Miami is just killing it. Let's talk about Miami. Um, the last episode in this episode, the big things that really wrapped up were, you know, you had the end of the Mexico trip. You had Larsa taking the girls to another PR event, which was her tequila tasting where she gives people diamond necklaces of her brand, which is crazy. Um, you know, Lisa, we find out finally settled on her home. And I think that something really suspicious happened. And I know I'm like two weeks behind, but I'm like, I don't see anybody on the internet talking about this. Part of Lisa's settlement is that Lenny is going to build her house. And the house that Lenny is going to build is a house that Jody has designed. That sounds like a backdoor deal to me. And I'm like shocked that Lisa has not picked up on it. She's like, oh, it was just on a website and he found it. I'm sorry. What? I that was that was unbelievably sus, as the kids say. Speaking of kids, uh, Nicole's dad's girlfriend looks like Nicole and could be his kid. Um, Also, Michael Jordan versus Larsa is a thing where Michael Jordan is not uh, approving of Larsa's relationship with Marcus. That's sort of how that last episode ended. But when we came back to uh, all of this stuff at the finale, we had a couple of clarifications. Okay. Thank God for the podcast separation anxiety where Larsa and Marcus could go on and clarify that um, it doesn't matter that Michael Jordan doesn't support their relationship because they're cool. It's fine. Of course, we also know that that was sort of rumors about why Larsa's like around the Super Bowl where Larsa and Marcus broke up for a little while. It was so strange. I think that nothing that Larsa does is I think Larsa tries to move like a Taylor Swift or a Kim Kardashian with the PR, but she's just bad at it because she's like acne brand uh, of those things. And so as a result, you get not even acne. I'm going to say Shein. Shein Kim, Car- Kim Kardashian is here trying to move like that and it's not working. Um, but The big fight, obviously, at the end of the finale is Gertie versus Larsa. And I just want to take a moment to talk about Gertie. Gertie and Russell. My God. My God. I've mentioned this every single time I bring them up. Those two remind me so much. Russell especially reminds me so much of my husband. The way that he's like shaving her head and she's like freaking out and he's sort of like doesn't really have a reaction. He's like, you look good. You look good. You look fine. Like, I could just see my husband doing that. Just holding, staying stoic while I'm freaking out is like his brand. And even at the party later when Gertie is fighting with Larsa and Russell finally speaks up, he's like, why are you bothering fighting with them? Like, let it go. Who cares? Like, stop. Like, don't fight with them. Like, I just, I so much see that relationship being so similar to mine um, that I love Russell. That Russell, he's a good man. Gertie and Larsa get into a fight and... The funniest thing, here's the thing about Miami that like Potomac used to have but doesn't anymore is the fight is you went on a podcast and you you alluded to the fact that I bit you. You said that I bit. I bit you. I bit you. You bit me. I bit you. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> so silly. So fucking silly, right? And of course, at the, at the, the core of it, you have big, hard, heavy stuff. Gertie's going through cancer treatment. She's going through a lot. She's already felt a little bit betrayed by Larsa in the past because, I mean, not a little bit. She, Larsa absolutely betrayed her in the past, but they were coming to a better place. But Larsa's still using Gertie as clickbait. And I understand what Gertie's point is, which is there are other things that you could be using as clickbait. And it doesn't have to be me because I'm going through other shit. Stop bringing this. Don't talk about me. Talk about Lisa. Talk about somebody else. But don't talk about me. Because I don't understand why I keep being brought up. And so I get it. I get Gertie's anger and frustration. But just the way that they fight with each other. And then Larsa just digging that hole for herself. She says in the confessional, I'm sick too. This is worrying me sick. Babe. Come the fuck on, Larsa Pippen. If you've been watching Real Houses of Miami since the beginning, you know that Lars is a bad person. She's a person who came on TV and said the R word. I mean, come on. Come on. Larsa is exactly who you think. She, when she functions this way, it's like, of course, this is exactly who Larsa is. Um, but so happy to see that Gertie's cancer-free. I love her, that whole section of her shaving her head and then taking off her wig. Oh, guys, so good. So good, so good, so good. Um, Nicole, uh, we find out is pregnant at the end of this. We know we've known this, um, and her father did pass away suddenly, which is really sad. Now, speaking of her father, I can't believe that Peacock showed this. He's dancing with Kiki or something or somebody. And then (laughs) Kiki's like, Nicole's dad has an erection. And then we saw it. I thought it would get blurred out because I remember from Bolo that that got blurred out. So why did we not get a blur? Why did we get a zoom in on Nicole's deceased father's dick? I mean, obviously, posthumously deceased, but still. Woof. Uh, Adriana dropped her new song. I was so happy for her. I'm not going to lie. This one's a good one. She's, you know, she's got the sound machine behind her. So, of course. Um, 
And Alexia, Alexia and Marisol had like their little send offs. Marisol went to Scotland. I was like, "Would well, you go? Why weren't you on Traders? <laughs> What's anybody doing going to Scotland if you're not going to be on Traders?" Just kidding. I can't wait to go to Scotland one day. Um, and then you know, Alexia is just talking about her relationship with her kids and all this stuff. But I found it unbelievably suspicious that Todd was barely on the show this season. And I don't think it was suspicious. I think it was just obviously like a pers- a move on their part of protecting like his image and everything. But when we start to hear that Alexia is having all of these like financial issues, Todd no longer shows up on camera. He's never on camera. She's looking at apartments by herself. She's she's moving by herself. Todd is not there. Yikes. Oof. Um, speaking of yikes, let's talk about Rojasos of Beverly Hills. Um, last week, they had a diamonds and champagne party at Anne Marie's house. And um, Sutton had a, she took a roadie to her house. Sutton is smashed. Okay. She's drunk. But again, I, I also believe this. I don't know how much it takes to get Sutton drunk. Not much. I don't believe. So that's why when they're like, oh, she's always drunk, whatever. It's like, how much can that tiny esophagus even take? Not much. Um, I wrote down for last week's episode erica's tears but i'll be honest with you i don't remember oh at the end of the diamonds and champagne party which by the way can we just talk about how tacky that party was it was just like so over the top it was it was it was uh set up inside like a lisa vanderpump party would be set up outside you know what i mean like i think if she had all this stuff outside it would have been better but i think because it was like all in her kitchen island it just was weird it was weird okay um yeah and then erica cried erica cried and everybody said it's okay erica of course i have not caught up on houses and the hustlers part two but apparently it gets even worse for erica forget the victims forget the orphans and the widows but don't forget them always remember them but apparently erica got a designer one of the designers of her her costumes for erica jane she had this man investigated by the feds claiming fraud he lost his ability to adopt a child it was really really bad and then she said whoopsie whoopsies whoopsie doopsies oh well and she's done nothing about it so it's not even just tom Girardi's clients that she's fucked over she's fucked over a lot of other people you guys it's not looking good for Erica. It's not. That being said, on the show, Erica's killing it. Erica is killing it. Erica is thriving on the show if there was no other, if there was no social media, there was no other investigation. Erica would be everybody's favorite. She's killing it. At the finale, we had the big white party. Um, of course, we met, we we met again, Kevin Lee, she, 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 um, Kyle. Forever just riding LVP's coattails. She's obsessed with her. She's obsessed with her. God. Um, before the party, you had like a couple of these other scenes where like Sutton with her went to the jewelry store with her daughter and then she tried to give her daughter this pep top. Sutton's whole thing this season has been like, I'm an independent woman and I, you know, my store survived during the pandemic. 
I went to Sutton. I was just in LA. I went to West Hollywood and I went to Sutton on a Sunday. Guys, Sutton, the Sutton concept is closed on a Sunday. Why is it closed on the weekend? Why is it, why would it be closed on a weekend? Especially on like Sundays when people are out for brunch at all of those restaurants. Isn't that so weird? I think it's because they know that like only poors are going to come in there and not actually buy things. But also Sutton saying like, I can't believe my store stayed open. Staying open and making money are two very different things. I think that the staying open means that Sutton has a place to pour her money into so that she doesn't have to pay as many taxes. So I think it's more of a tax shelter than anything. So staying open through the pandemic is a very different concept than actually making money. Like it could stay open and be constantly in the red, but what does she care? She's just finding a place to funnel her money so that she doesn't have to pay taxes on it. Hi, hello, duh. So even also her being like, you know, telling her daughter, get married and don't lose yourself and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Just like Sutton's whole thing of like, I need to be an independent woman. I'm an independent woman. I'm a business owner. All that stuff is just so silly considering that she is balls deep rich. I don't think that that's an appropriate term. Regardless, I said it and I can't take it back. Um, She's super fucking rich. So what are we doing? Why are we pretending? What's going on? Um, The finale cards at the white party were like kind of lame. They were whatever. Um, You saw sort of like the tension between like uh, um, Kyle and Mauricio. But I have a bigger question to ask. Why wasn't Morgan at the white party? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about the fact that this whole season, there has not been a single episode or a single scene where we have Morgan and Mauricio in the same room? Morgan performed at her friend's um, uh, memorial service and Mauricio was not there. She went to go get a tattoo with Morgan and that never had Like, we never really saw Kyle talking about Morgan with Mauricio. She says, oh, I got a new tattoo. But she's not like, oh, I went with Morgan to get a new tattoo. Have you noticed that? I noticed that. I noticed the fact that there was no mention of Morgan around Mauricio ever. Morgan was not at the white party. And it's possible that she was just like busy that day. But I think it was very intentional that Morgan and Mauricio never filmed with each other because I don't think that Mauricio cares for Morgan. And I think that Mauricio is aware that Morgan and Kyle's got some something else going on. Now, obviously, the show ended, whatever, the finale episode ended, and then we go one month later to Kyle and Mauricio separating and all that stuff. And the story comes out, and everybody's bloop, bloop, bloops on their phones, and they're reading the news and all that stuff. And even Rob Minkoff is like, who planted the story? Babe, nobody planted the story. Kyle put it out herself. (laughs) It was a statement put out by Kyle herself. There's no planting. There's no need to plant when you got People Magazine on speed dial. There's, no, there's nothing to do there. There's nothing going on. Um, but, you know, Erica surprisingly shows up and she gives Kyle all this advice and all this stuff. And um, I hate the fact that Erica's a great advice giver, guys. I hate it. Okay. Because she's a very, very good advice giver. Um but you know she sits there and she has a she has this deep conversation with Kyle and 
she's like giving her really good advice. I mean, uh, granted, a lot of her advice is mostly just um, (laughs) a lot of advice is mostly just turning the conversation to herself. But, you know, good for you. Now, what is strange is obviously the fact that Dorit is not present. And we'll get to Dorit in a second. But then you have this scene with Erica and Kyle. And then you have a scene with uh, Kyle and obviously um, her daughters and Mauricio. And I've said it before. Kyle's a shithead in my opinion. But I feel bad for anybody who's having to sit there and tell their kids that their parents are not going to be married anymore. It's weird. Like as an adult, I'm going to take an absolute detour right now. And like a personal life detour. As an adult who has, like, I'm 38, I've been married for 13 years, um, I will have, I have been with my husband for 16 years, I've known him for 22 years, my entire life has been with this person, and so I can't, I can obviously imagine the trauma that I would feel if I did not have this person in my life anymore, right? Of course, I love my husband. He's the best, et cetera, et cetera. I can't imagine him not being in my life anymore. But as an adult now, I when when two grown adults decide that they do not want to be together anymore, when any adult says, I don't want to be married anymore to my other, to this other adult that I've been in a relationship with, I say, good for you. Great. Both of you probably want better, right? Of course, it's sad when like one person wants it and the other person doesn't and all that kind of stuff. But with Kyle and Mauricio, I'm like, you guys gave it a go. You were together for like 27 years and now you don't want to be with each other anymore. You want to figure out what else is out there. And Kyle, like I said, all season long has really come into her her like I'm living my best life era. She's in great shape. She wants to focus on herself. She's almost an empty nester. And she's, I think she's, she says it to Maurizio, like, I really want us to put attention to our marriage, to our, to each other. And I don't think that Mauricio gave her the type of attention she was looking for. She got really hot and her husband didn't give her the attention of a woman who's hot. Like, <laughs> and I think she said, fuck off. So I get it. I totally support it. I think back to myself as like I try to put myself in like Portia's shoes because like the thing of thing that really broke me is when when Mauricio called her Portia. And then also the fact that we've literally seen Portia since she was a baby. We saw her second birthday. Like that's crazy to me. Right. So like I feel bad for that child. Right. The same way that I felt for like Teresa's girls when they're when they went through everything so I feel for that child but I try to think back to myself being like 14 years old and this is like a really sort of a deep dark statement to make but I wonder sometimes like how would I have reacted if my parents no longer wanted to be married and I think that culturally speaking like this was that would have been so rare like nobody got divorced growing up um in our community nobody that we knew and if if it did it had to be like a very big reason, right? And so divorce was just like not an option, not because religiously you're not allowed to. It's just like culturally, it's like, what are you going to do now? Going to get divorced and then do what? Right? And so I think back to it and it's like, I know now as an adult, I can even tell my mother this, that there are times in my parents' marriage that I think like, y'all would have been better off not married because of how like, 
toxic it was. And I love my parents, but it is hard to be married. It is hard to be married. It is hard to be married and immigrate through three different countries to raising children in so many different cultures. It is hard to be married and go through all that stuff and still want to be with your significant other. And so I think back to that and I think like maybe my parents would have been better off not being married. I think that my mom would hate it if she heard me say that to her out loud. But I think like for the advice I always give my friends is if you're if your relationship is such that your children are starting to notice how miserable you both are, you actually owe it to yourself but also to your children as they grow up to see happy adults. It is really important to see happy adults growing up. And that doesn't mean that you fake it, but you as a parent, you have to prioritize showing your kids how to focus like advocate for themselves and focus on themselves and be, you know, selfish in a way where you take care of yourself. And and especially women, like we need to show our kids that, you know, moms can take breaks and moms can relax and moms don't need to be stressed out. And that sometimes, you know, self-care looks differently than just sitting in a bubble bath. Sometimes self-care means saying no to things, right? And I think that like that's not stuff that we grew up seeing at all. Because we grew up with the idea that mothers especially needed to be like absolutely selfless and always sacrificing and they needed to be like the constant martyrs. And I don't believe that that's what anybody should be. I don't think any adult should ever be a martyr. I think all of us are capable of prioritizing ourselves without hurting other people. And I think that's the stuff your kids need to see growing up. So I think like Kyle with her daughters, I think it makes sense that she doesn't want to be with Mauricio anymore. Because she gave it all. She did all the things. And now when she's asking for her time to relax and her time to be allowed to sort of be supported, he's not giving it to her. And I get it. Now, uh, let's talk about Dorit real quick. So obviously Dorit doesn't come to Kyle's house in this one month later bit. We also saw that Dorit, uh, we saw Kyle and Erica see each other, like meet up. And then the preview for the reunion, we have found out that Dorit and Kyle are on the outs. And um, Dorit had received a text message from Kyle, which is not looking good for Kyle. But Dorit got a text message from Kyle the night before the reunion, and I'm going to read it to you guys. Hi. I've been trying to reach out because I know we are in a weird place and it really bothers me and it's not even on the show. I wanted to explain where I am at and why I have been distant, but my hands were tied. Of course, some interview comments hurt my feelings and created more issues for me, but I'm used to that and I could get past it in time. I also reminded myself that you didn't know what I was going through with Mo at the time for most of these remarks. And so I'm going to pause there for a second. I believe what Kyle is talking about is sort of Dorit's comments during the show and the after show and all that stuff. Back to the text. But then I heard some things that you said about me off camera that hurt me deeply and I wasn't even able to say what I heard or from whom. It was just one of those things where I wished I just didn't know at all because I wasn't able to share and yet I was left hurt and couldn't even try to work through it with you. Pause. I think that what she, I think what happened here is Dorit and Erica were talking some shit and then Erica repeated it to Kyle and that is why Erica shows up at Kyle's house one month after the finale party, not Dorit. 
because I think Erica used her little space to weasel into being closer to Kyle or AKA the person who is in the press. Okay. <laughs> uh, back to the text. And I know you will be frustrated and want to know what and who said it, but I can't. It's as frustrating to me as it will be to you. Trust me, I have gone through such a hard time to read. I've never, I've been in so much pain, I can't tell you. Never have I felt so low. And I know you are going through a hard time. Normally, I would have reached out to check on you, but I was hurt and very depressed. I've spent 30 years with Mo, married 28, and I have no idea how to live without him or how to navigate through life on my own because I have so much on my plate for tomorrow, and I know you do too. I love you, PK, and your kids. I've been thinking about you a lot and hoping you aren't struggling too much. I don't want to lose someone else in my life over a TV show. They don't even know we are going through a hard time. So I don't see the need to bring it up there. I think when she says there, she means the reunion. I should have said something sooner, but I honestly haven't been strong enough. But relationships are but relationships and you are more important to me than Rahel says to Beverly Hills. And I don't feel like, quote, bringing it up for bringing it for the for the at our own this is a typo from kyle i don't feel like bringing it for <laughs> i can't read you guys i can't read because she miswrote it she, she typoed it and now my brain isn't working i don't feel like bringing it at our expense <laughs> um especially when we have enough battles to handle as it is anyway i would like to sit down and talk after we get through tomorrow, maybe have lunch or dinner when you can. If you want to talk before tomorrow I'm around, I would give anything not to go and have to do this. I don't know how much longer I can do the show. It's so toxic and creates so much anxiety for me. Anyway, let me know if you want to talk XX. Okay, here's the thing, Kyle Richards. Lest we forget. Do you guys remember the pandemic reunion where they all got on Denise? for not talking about stuff on camera where Kyle got on Garcelle and calling her not genuine. Oh, you're well, you got to do stuff on camera. You have to be real. It's important to be real. Now you're texting Dorit and telling her, let's not bring up the stuff on camera and let's deal with it separately. No girl, it doesn't work that way. It absolutely does not work that way. This is not how this television show works. Are you kidding me? No way. Also, can I just say that in the re in the finale, she didn't really tell us anything. She tells Erica that it's not about cheating, but then she also tells uh, us in the confessional that she doesn't trust Mauricio anymore. So which one is it? What did he do? He broke your trust? What did he do to break your trust? Because you keep saying that it's not about another person. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a financial trust thing. Who knows? But let's say it. Say it, bitch say it does Mauricio have a separate account that she doesn't like he doesn't like share money with Kyle it's possible maybe it's a financial thing that she doesn't trust him over I don't know but I will not know because Kyle does never open and honest miss open and honest herself get the fuck out of here hey speaking of Kyle's let's talk real quickly about the summer house premiere um listen the vibe of the house is good and um I don't miss Carl and Lindsay at all so if the show was to continue without Carl and Lindsay, I think we're fine. But um, the premiere happened on Thursday um, at the house. This episode were Kyle, Amanda, Paige, Sierra, and Gabby, and Danielle. 
And then we had a new guy named West come and then another guy named Jesse Solomon come. Why do they keep calling Jesse Solomon by his full name? Is it because the guy last year was also Jesse? Was his name Jess? Was it Jesse? The tall guy? The awkward guy? I don't remember anybody's names. Every season on Summer House, a new person comes and it took me a while to remember Gabby's name. I was like, who the fuck is she? Didn't remember. Maya's missing. Maya and her cookies. She didn't she didn't come back. Regardless, this episode, Carl and Lindsay are hanging out at the White House. Now, when we say at the White House, they're outside of it. They were invited to some sort of a White House gathering. And we also found out that Lindsay is an influencer. <laughs> I guess that's her job now. Her job is influencing. Um, Carl and Lindsay aren't there. Their relationship with Danielle is still so, so they're just sort of cordial with everybody. And I think everybody's being cordial to them because they recognize that it is their season. There's going to be a wedding. They want to be invited to it. They want the camera time. Da, 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 da. Okay. Let's put Carl and Lindsay aside. Okay. Because Danielle is still a little bit embarrassing. We'll get to like Danielle. But at the house, Kyle and Amanda. Now, I've said this before. This is a very toxic relationship. Bad marriage rough stuff don't know why they got married to each other but let me tell you something that i love this season i love the fact that amanda is not holding back amanda's been annoying before because she's like kyle uh, uh." but what i like about this season is that she's not begging kyle for his attention anymore she's like i don't want to hang out with you because i don't care i'm gonna go hang out with my friends i don't really care to hang out with you kyle And that makes me really happy as a person who got tired of watching this woman like pine for her husband's attention. I actually really love watching Amanda not give a fuck. And as a result, Kyle is begging for her attention. And that brings me joy. It does. I mean, begging is a big statement because he didn't really beg, right? He was like, hey, I want you to hang out with me. And she said, okay. And then he was like, I'm going to go on a Ferris wheel with a stuffed banana. (laughs) Oh, Stuffed banana with a large, an oversized banana with a, with dreads uh, that they called Mon. Look, there's a lot to unpack there with that banana. Very problematic in my opinion. Okay, but he's part of the cast now apparently. Um, Sierra, Paige, and Gabby are having a time. They, that little, the little, you know, the vibe in the house is good. They went to a carnival. They had a little bed pile and everybody hanging out in the bed together. The July 4th of July party, everybody seems like they're having a really nice time. And I kind of love it. I don't miss anybody. And Gabby's right when she calls Carl and Lindsay and tells them, the vibe is great. We're not missing anyone. Now, new guy West. I, in the previews for the show, when I saw that they're alluding to West and Sierra being together, I was like, how dare they do that to Sierra? She's fucking gorgeous. She's she's like one of the most stunning people I have ever seen on Bravo or any television show. And I'm always perplexed by how they're pairing her up with some uggo. And I was really annoyed because I was like, who the fuck is this West guy? This dumbass mustache. He seems short. Like, why would Sierra? Why, Sierra, why? It was like with Austin, it was like, okay, well, he's tall. But this guy? Guys, that being said. Just one episode with West. I was like, is West great? <laughs> is West hilarious? 
Also, I think that Sierra might like him because she is looking forward to the fact that one day when Wes's dad dies, he's going to get a ranch. But he could also just because West is cool. I'm, I agree with all of the assessments that Amanda Page and Sierra made about West, that West fucks and Jesse Solomon humps. <laughs> West, you know, he's like, uh, he's, he seems like a cool guy. Okay. <laughs> it does crack me up that he's a sports journalist. I was like, does he work for Barstool? Like, what does that mean? Sports journalist. What are your journalistic, you know, what's your credits? What what kind of journalism are you doing? Do you tweet about sports like my husband does? Because my husband's technically a sports journalist too then. <laughs> but I, I liked it. I uh, I liked it. Um, Jesse Solomon, he does seem like a Carl replacement. Um, I was like, oh, what's his prop? What's his deal? And I was like annoyed by him because he was just like good looking. But then he sang that open pit barbecue sauce song in the uh interview chair and i was like you know what keep it let him let him stay keep it as in keep him on the show okay i i did enjoy it but summer house was like a nice light thing to watch while you know there was like all this heavy stuff on like beverly hills potomac has been a you know just not fun um Miami was great, but also had some heavier stuff. So it was just like nice to watch Summer House because it was like a nice to go back to just, you know, Kyle being drunk and all that stuff. Danielle, the reason why I said she's embarrassing me is because she's still coming into the show with the same energy she had for Winter House, which is like, I just want to party and get drunk and get fucked up. Okay. Let's unpack why, Danielle. Because when these guys come on the show and just want to get fucked up and party, I'm questioning that too. But Danielle, you're a better woman than that, than to just want to get fucked up. You obviously want to get fucked up because you're single now. And Robert probably had a girlfriend, another girlfriend while he was with you. And there was an overlap. And then also you lost Lindsay. So I get it. And then you look like a dork on Winter House. So I get it. It's been bad for you. But I don't think the solution to that is to get more drunk. And open yourself up to more ridicule. Okay. Um, anyway, that's it. I did it. I did it. I recapped the full week's programming. I will be back tomorrow with an episode on traders with my brother Raheel. That will be a video podcast. Uh, subscribe to our uh, extra content on Spotify. And um, hey, let me know if you want me to bring back the Patreon. Because maybe I'll put it up on the Patreon. I don't know. I don't know. You guys let me know. Whatever's easier for you. Um, anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.